Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome to the MBN Entrepreneurship and Leadership Channel. As well as new content, we are making available selected podcasts recorded by our hosts prior to joining the MBN family. This is one of them, and so this podcast may refer to itself with a different name and identity. Enjoy the show. What's going on here is beyond normal. It's completely extraordinary in a very positive way. Luck is just what happens when, when preparation meets opportunity. And yeah, you got lucky to an extent when your video went viral, but you've been preparing for that day for a long time, I think, with your hard work and the things that you did to get ready for that. And, and that's a story that is worth spreading. Community. For entrepreneurship really to start going in, in the way that Silicon Valley has, you need a combination of the talent, um, you need the right um, amount of money, and so you need a sort of well-developed venture capital, private equity um, system. Um, you also need all the legal infrastructure, and once you put those things together, then you can really see a, a great mushrooming of, of, of entrepreneurial activity. Poland is rejoining its place in Europe as, interestingly as you point out, as old Europe seems to be turning, turning away. Entrepreneurship. Business brings the world together. It may be quite brutal, it may be quite you know, simple, it may not be very intellectual or, or refined, but there's something about the entrepreneurship. There are only two kinds of people that the ones that are discouraged by failure and the ones that are encouraged by failure. And that's what makes the difference. Technology. I, I see in the younger generation a completely different relationship with the world as a result of technology. It's Innovation in Europe by Project Kazimierz. Now another episode with your hosts Richard Lucas and Samuel Cook. Hello, podcast listener. Uh, welcome to another episode of Project Kazimierz. My name is Sam Cook here with my co-host, Richard Lucas, all the way from uh, Krakow in Poland. And I'd like to just introduce you to a very interesting guest that we have today. And I'm going to ask uh, Richard Lucas, because he's the man who knows everyone here in, in this part of the world, to introduce Pavel Novak, who is a very interesting uh, tech entrepreneur uh, who's been halfway around the world and is back in uh, Krakow innovating. So, Richard, go ahead and uh, introduce Pavel. Okay, well, pa- Pavel's a, a, a tech entrepreneur. He's an active member of the uh, the startup community here in here in Poland. He's my business partner in several ventures and a friend and my squash partner. Recently, he's been getting better and he's been beating me at squash. But uh, I'd say that Pavel I first heard speaking at a, a startup community event, I think, six or seven years ago. And I approached him afterwards and we've stayed in touch ever since. And sometimes you meet someone and you have a strong feeling you're going to do stuff together. And that's one of the occasions where that strong feeling actually became true. Well, Pavel, without further ado, uh, welcome to the show. And uh, just go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, your journey here. Uh, well, hi. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, definitely. Thanks for the warm introduction, Richard um, and Sam, of course. So um, I, I am based in Krakow, as, as Richard mentioned. Uh, I'm very much engaged in the startup community here. But before that happened, uh, I used to be a blogger. Uh, I used to blog about Apple uh, from, I think it was from 2005 to 2012. Um, so for six and a half, seven years, uh, that was my main occupation. occupation. 
And uh, before before that, I tried. Uh, you know, I, you know, I'm 30 right now, so we're talking 10 years or 12 years um, in in the past right now. But before that, I studied uh, computer science and civil engineering and um, and couple other a uh, couple other uh, directions on a couple of other universities, but I didn't get a formal degree in any of them because I started my company and I started blogging. Um, so that's. That's me compressed, entrepreneur now, blogger before, um, pretty much it. Well, Pavel, you, you were a, uh, a blogger for a long time about Apple, and, and you ended up running uh, the most popular uh, Apple blog here in Poland. Um, could you talk about how you got interested in that, and what are some of the trends uh, that you observed then that got you so interested in Apple? And uh, you know what what your thoughts are now on uh, on Apple because you've you've obviously been a long time observer and thought leader here in Poland on that. Oh yeah, it's been it's been ten years now. So um, definitely. So uh, what got me started is um, I bought my first computer uh, influenced by a friend. Uh, he bought a Mac. Uh, I just I just um, went to visit him and the the computer the OS X was amazing. So. Um, to give you a little bit of context, that was a very early uh, in the Apple history in Poland. Um, so not a lot of people had Macs uh, back in 2005. Uh, there were there were some there, there were groups, but still they were like you, you wouldn't really see them in a in a coffee shop like you do now. So I you know I, I visited a friend visited a friend. Um, we played with with his computer for for a night. Uh, we we were supposed to work. <laughs> Uh, we didn't really, so I went back home, um, so sold everything that I owned, uh, computer-related or even not computer-related, and bought my first Mac. Um, that hasn't started, you know, I, I didn't have a thought to, um, that didn't get me to blogging, uh, obviously, but after a year of playing with um, with OSX and, and all Apple hardware and all the, uh, all the ecosystem that they created, um, I switched to I think I switched to iMac from 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 a laptop, uh, and then my friend got a Mac, then another friend got a Mac, and they started asking questions. So what I did is I wrote uh, several uh, tutorials on how to do different things, just because I was more I don't know um, advanced in, in using Google, I guess, um, than them. And, um, you know, one thing led to another and after a month, I think I, I realized that I'm running a blog and I'm posting, I'm posting updates to all my friends and it started from, from that point. Uh, obviously, um, that was, that was a, that, that was also a tutorial for my face, for my face, first book. Uh, I just put all of these tutorials together and I published that book. That was only an ebook. Uh, I later got published on a, with a paperback a version of my book, but that was only an ebook back then. Um, but I stuck with blogging, and I've been doing. You know, I, I I was doing that for seven years. Uh, obviously, I switched to news, and I covered uh, everything Apple related. And then, when things got a little bit bigger, um, even tech related things. Um, so Apple Block was was yeah the name of the blog was Apple Block. <laughs> um, the that was as you said one of the most popular blog technology blog in Poland definitely the most popular blog about Apple in Poland. We I think in a top uh, period of time I had fifty five thousand uh, unique visitors a month. Um, you know in Poland when where Apple was was started that was, starting was 
that was really impressive. Um, during that time, uh, I published published my book and a couple other editions of it. Uh, I run a video and audio podcasts. I appeared in different television shows and so on. But um, ever since, I moved to entrepreneurship. And to be honest, I don't really follow Apple that much. Uh, I think I from a I, I am still a power user of that of that system, but I no longer engage in in, in news about Apple. Um, so I don't know if I can really comment on on what's happening with Apple right now. Um, I'm, I really like Microsoft now, like with the new CEO. <laughs> uh, with a new CEO, I really like what they do. Like they open source this and they did that. Like I really like the news that that's, uh, that is coming. I think I, I think that's really interesting, Pavel. That you always are a little bit ahead, and it's such an unusual <laughs> thing. To, I don't think I ever heard anyone ever say I really like Microsoft. <laughs> you know, you know, Richard. That's the second person I've heard say, and it was another. I can't remember who it was, but. I think Microsoft now is is starting to fight back on the innovation front with their new CEO. Pavel, what specifically do you like about Microsoft? Uh, well, definitely. Uh, so the, the the couple of things. Uh, first of all, they um, that is like you know I'm not following that topic so close, but uh, from the news that I heard, they open source the the main uh, programming language, which is awesome because this can only. You know, not only they are contributing to the programming uh, community, but they are also uh, they will also get a lot of um, good people working on that language. So hopefully, it will be uh, it will be easier for uh, developers to use it. Uh, I think the second thing was that they will be giving away, or it will be very cheap. I think it was giving away uh, Windows, like the platform that uh, developers can build on top of. Uh, I think they they recently integrated or they started doing Apple things when it comes to operating systems on mobile and computers. They integrated them, you know, the hack out of them, and um, that's that, that should really place nicely because, um, you know, if history is any indication, uh, Apple did a tremendous job tying people to the uh, ecosystem, and I think that Microsoft has, you know, has now a chance to, to do the same with, you know, they, they bought Nokia, um, they, they have a... Uh, huge experience in mobile platforms. Uh, Windows Phone maybe is not the most popular uh, mobile uh, operating system in the world, but it's definitely an interesting one. And um, they can, you know, by owning Windows on on PCs, they can now um, implement the uh, or or integrate it better with with mobile version. We yeah. we we have to see about the free Windows 10 because I also read this, but then I saw a little star and said for the first year. And Microsoft, <laughs> Microsoft are quite good at they give tons of free stuff to startups, and startups yeah. get totally hooked on you know very inefficient use. Everyone has Excel when only one person needs it. Everyone has an office, and then yeah. suddenly after a year, the invoices start rolling in. So, <laughs> no, I, but I, I do agree with you that open sourcing is is radical because open source can't only be for a year. You can't you can't open source things for one year and then pull back. So, yeah. I, 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 and but I, I like hearing things for the first time, and you know it's, it's the second time this month I've heard positive things. It's the first time I've heard anyone in Krakow say they, <laughs> they like Microsoft. So that's that's new and radical, and we move Apple off the agenda and Microsoft on in that case. Yeah. Well, well Pavel, you got off of I guess you got off the Apple bandwagon just in time if if Microsoft is making another another run at it. So. Yeah, I have to register the Microsoft blog domain then. <laughs> Microsoftblog.pl, maybe that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Pavel, with such a popular blog in uh, in Apple, um, you, you obviously decided to switch directions and and leverage uh, some of the lessons that you learned in that. What what was the decision like to 
to move out of that blog uh, and you know why did you move and what did you do next sure um, so the the interesting thing starting I think happening around 2010 um, I think it was the year when iPhone was introduced or maybe it was 2011 or 9 I don't remember but during that that period I was very advanced in blogging. Uh, we, I, I always say we, like now with running companies for several years with my co-founders, I tend to say we, but I was running that blog purely on my own. So I have to, I have to remind myself that. Uh, so I was very advanced in, um, in Apple blog and people started to ask me, um, Hey, do you maybe know a developer or two that we can hire to run this OSX project? Or do you know mobile developers because there is this new thing called iPhone and App Store is coming up? And maybe you know the developers and, you know, do you, do you, do you? And uh, one day I thought, well, maybe I just hire a developer and I'll be the, uh, I'll be the, the default answer to that question. So, so I did. Um, before that, it was very, very early in the Objective-C and the whole App Store uh, ecosystem. I think I hired uh, I hired my first developer when App Store was a couple months old. Uh, obviously, there were no uh, there were no experienced developers around uh, developing for iPhone. So I just hired a very talented developer and I gave him three books and said like you have two months learn that stuff. Um, and so so he did. Uh, I I was able to do that because I used to be a software developer. I have a um, I have rather high level uh, knowledge about development or, or software development uh, in general, so I was able to judge his talent um, fairly uh, good, I think so. But uh, he learned. Uh, we, we wrote a couple, um, couple different tools. Uh, we got first clients, and it just took off from that point. I think uh, at the top, top point when my blogging and my company were still overlapping, I had uh, five or four developers and one project manager um, except me. So we were six people, and at that point, I just I just started to think that maybe I should quit blogging and focus on on this company uh, more. Uh, and that's what happened. And, and how were you making money in the years where you had the blog before you did this? Because obviously, I guess you needed to eat, and you must you must yeah. be doing something that people paid you for, or were you very privately wealthy? And I know the answer; you, you weren't. But like, what what did you live off until then? Thanks, Richard. Um, yeah, I, I used I used to. What, no, I was running a blog. Uh, we I had advertisers, so uh, I think uh, I was I was doing fairly well uh, when I. You know, when I go back in, in in time to this period of time in my life, I was doing fairly well. Um, and I also published my book, which then I later converted into a paperback, and I was selling that. I, I still am. So that book was a nice source of income for me as well. Okay, we were discussing just before we went on the on the podcast how you can monetize a blog, and obviously you started with an audience, and then you you figured out things you could sell to your audience because they were asking you for it, which is Definitely. which is maybe not the best business lesson because if you start with customers before you have a product, it's brilliant, but it's not always <laughs> it's not always possible, right? Yeah, fairly fairly hard to do. Well, pa- Pavel, just from an outsider looking looking at this, if if you started your iOS development business because of your blog, uh, people who knew you from your blog, um, did you sell the blog or did you just decide to shut it down? Uh, yeah, that was a tough decision, and um, I cut. I had couple acquisition offers, but 
Uh, just to remind you, that was 2012 in Poland, and the blogging was well. We were all new in 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 that um, with that concept, and you know the acquisition offers were fairly low, so I didn't took any of them. I didn't take any of them. Uh, what I did is I, I shut it down. I wrote last post and I said, like, guys, this has been amazing. Um, thanks for all the support. Now I'm moving to do this and this. And I do um, from to time to time, I think once a year or something, I do some kind of an appearance in that scene again. So I either do a, a video or, or audio podcast with, with some guys that are running a podcast about Apple or I, wrote, I write on a guest, guest post, post on other people's blog. But um, that chapter is, you know, pretty much closed for me right now. So is the blog down? No, it, it is still up. It still has 15,000 unique, unique visitors a month, uh, which is amazing because it's 100% from Google, from search. Uh, even, even me, I, you know, my, my father bought a Microsoft Office subscription uh, a, couple, a couple weeks ago. And he said, like, I have a, like, uh, all the words are underlined. And there is no Polish dictionary, so I started googling, and um, I found my blog as a as a first um, first result in Google. So obviously, I clicked on it. I read all about it. I fixed the problem with my father's computer, and you know, I pat myself on the back. Good job, good job, past Pavel. <laughs> well, you know, Pavel, that's a pretty interesting thing. So you you transitioned from developing an audience to serving clients in the same business what what is your current business right now uh and um you know how's how's that going for you sure um so that company i talked about was a uh, outsourcing it outsourcing company we started with polish clients and we were doing mobile and uh mobile for ios what i do now is fairly different i moved through a couple different stages and a couple different companies um during that period, but uh, now I just started um, three or four months ago a, a new company uh, called Contelio. Uh, and what we do at Contelio is we help marketers better use the content um, for content marketing needs. Um, so, and you know that that company and that idea came out of Presspad, my previous company, uh, which I used to run for four years. And we were doing a lot of content there, and we learned a lot of uh, a lot of you know things that can be improved in that area. You need you need to change your T-shirt on your Skype ID because it says Presspad still. <laughs> uh, and actually, I, so it, we don't we don't hang out enough. I didn't realize you had formally stopped running Presspad, so that's that's over, or it's just you're doing two things at once. Um, you know, right now, you know, my, I, I will leave that, uh, I will leave that picture on because officially I'm still the CEO. We're doing that transition right now, uh, where, um, all the shareholders already agreed and we, we communicated that change internally to, to, to our team members. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable talking about it because I know you will release this podcast, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks time and that will be, uh, obviously official then. Um, but, uh, yeah, in my, in, you know, in, in my time, I switched from, uh, Presspad to Contelio right now. And, uh, me and my co-founder, we just hired first person and we're running that company, uh, like crazy. 
Okay, so like, I, I can I can let you into a secret. You're live on air on a Google Hangout. We're going to rush this episode to press. So that yeah, we can... yeah, we're now under time pressure. No, that's obviously a British joke. Not every, if, if you listen to this show regularly, you'll realize that I have jokes that I think are funny and no one else loves. So. <laughs> well, we're, we're laughing now for you, Richard. Thank so. you. Well, that's, yeah, but it's a bit artificial, right? <laughs> Well, we're laughing at you, not with you. So. Well, I've, been, I've been around Richard for quite some time, so I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a familiar scene. So, 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 well, that's good. Good to know you've got a new venture. And um, another thing we want, as, as you know, we're both involved in this this collab venture in, in different capacities. And co uh, maybe you can describe describe collab and what motivated you get involved in that. Um, sure, definitely. So, collab is a co-working space in Krakow. Um, we we started a little bit over two years ago, I think. Uh, we took over a co-working space that was already set up, so we we bought it from from the previous owners and um, and run it on our own. Um, what what pushed us to this decision is um, before we so much. When I say we, is obviously you, Richard, and myself, and a couple other entrepreneurs and investors from Krakow, because I think the board of of Collab has like nine people. It's um, it's more community work than commercial work for us right now. Um, we're trying to um, give back to the community as much as possible, and I, we think that running a Collab, running a co-working space, will really help uh, us in in achieving that goal. Um, and because we don't have much, uh, because we don't have much uh, commercial um, agenda for Collab we are able to do things that others are not. And um, this is what we do. We, we, are, we just moved, I think, half a year ago to a new place at Zabłocie. This is old uh, industrial district in Krakow, where every hot startup is moving right now. Uh, we really like the place. We, we're trying to run Collab as lean as possible. Uh, but we, as of, I think, last week, we are 100% um, occupied. So we will be, we will be uh, getting new space pretty soon, and hopefully uh, we'll, be, we'll be able to fill that space uh, with interesting people. Well, as well. So, so we're 100% occupied, that means I might get a dividend soon? <laughs> uh, we'll talk about it uh, after the podcast, Richard. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm quite, as, as, as regular listeners will know, I'm quite old school, which means I, I'm really into making money and paying dividends. <laughs> I, unfortunately, I, I don't think in any of the ventures Pavel and I have done together, we've really reached that stage, right? <laughs> oh, well, it's been only a couple of What's going on here is beyond normal. It's completely extraordinary in a very positive way. Luck is just what happens when, when preparation meets opportunity. And yeah, you got lucky to an extent when your video went viral, but you've been preparing for that day for a long time, I think, with your hard work and the things that you did to get ready for that. And, and that's a story that is worth spreading. Community for entrepreneurship really to start going in, in the way that Silicon Valley has. You need a combination of the talent, um, you need the right um, amount of money, and so you need a sort of well-developed venture capital, private equity um, system. Um, you also need all the legal infrastructure, and once you put those things together, then you can really see a, a great mushrooming of, of, of entrepreneurial activity. Poland is rejoining its place in Europe as, interestingly as you point out, as old Europe seems to be turning, turning away. Entrepreneurship. Business brings the world together. It may be quite brutal, it may be quite 
you know, simple, it may not be very intellectual or, or refined, but there's something about the entrepreneurship. There are only two kinds of people, that the ones that are discouraged by failure and the ones that are encouraged by failure. And that's what makes the difference. Technology. I, I see in the younger generation a completely different relationship with the world as a result of technology. It's Innovation in Europe by Project Kazimierz. Now another episode with your hosts Richard Lucas and Samuel Cook. Hello, podcast listener. Uh, welcome to another episode of Project Kazimierz. My name is Sam Cook here with my co-host Richard Lucas, all the way from uh, Krakow in Poland. And I'd like to just introduce you to a very interesting guest that we have today. And I'm going to ask uh, Richard Lucas, because he's the man who knows everyone here in, in this part of the world, to introduce Pavel Novak, who is a very interesting uh, tech entrepreneur uh, who's been halfway around the world and is back in uh, Krakow innovating. So, Richard, go ahead and uh, introduce Pavel. Okay, well, pa Pavel's a, a tech entrepreneur. He's an active member of the, uh, the startup community here in, here in Poland. He's my business partner in several ventures and a friend and my squash partner. Recently, he's been getting better and he's been beating me at squash. But uh, I'd say that Pavel, I first heard speaking at a, a startup community event, I think six or seven years ago. And I approached him afterwards and we've stayed in touch ever since. And sometimes you meet someone and you have a strong feeling you're going to do stuff together. And that's one of the occasions where that strong feeling actually became true. Well, Pavel, without further ado, uh, welcome to the show. And uh, just go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, your journey here. Uh, well, hi, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, definitely. Thanks for the warm introduction, Richard um, and Sam, of course. So um, I, I am based in Krakow, as, as Richard mentioned. Uh, I'm very much engaged in the startup community here. But before that happened, uh, I used to be a blogger. Uh, I used to blog about Apple uh, from, I think it was from 2005 to 2012. Um, so for six and a half, seven years, uh, that was my main occupation. occupation. Uh, before, before that, I tried, uh, you, know, I, you know, I'm 30 right now, so we're talking 10 years or 12 years um, in, in the past right now. But before that, I studied uh, computer science and civil engineering and a um, couple other, uh, couple other uh, directions and a couple other universities, but I didn't get a formal degree in any of them because I started my company and I started blogging. Um, so that's, that's me compressed, entrepreneur now, blogger before, um, pretty much it. Well, Pavel, you, you were a, uh, a blogger for a long time about Apple, and, and you ended up running uh, the most popular uh, Apple blog here in Poland. Um, could you talk about how you got interested in that, and what are some of the trends uh, that you observed then that got you so interested in Apple, and uh, you know, what, what your thoughts are now on, uh, on Apple? Because you've, you've obviously been a long-time observer and thought leader here in Poland on that. Oh, yeah. It's been, it's been 10 years now. So, um, definitely. So, uh, what got me started is, um, I bought my first computer, uh, influenced by a friend. Uh, he bought a Mac. Uh, I just, I just, uh, went to visit him and the, the computer, the OSX was amazing. So, um, to give you a little bit of context, that was a very early, uh, in the Apple history in Poland. Um, so not a lot of people had Macs. 
uh, back in 2005. Uh, there were there were some that there were groups, but still they were like you, you wouldn't really see them in a in a coffee shop like you do now. So I you know I, I visited a friend, visited a friend. Um, we played with with his computer for for a night. Uh, we we were supposed to work. <laughs> uh, we didn't really so. I went back home, um, so sold everything that I owned, uh, computer-related or even not computer-related, and bought my first Mac. Um, that hasn't started, you know, I, I didn't have a thought to, um, that didn't get me to blogging, uh, obviously, but after a year of playing with um, with OSX and, and all Apple hardware and all the, uh, all the ecosystem that they created, um, I switched to I think I switched to iMac from 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 a laptop uh, and then my friend got a Mac then another friend got a Mac and they started asking questions so what I did is I wrote uh, several uh, tutorials on how to do different things just because I was more I don't know um, advanced in, in using Google I guess um, than them and um, you know one thing led to another and after a month I think I, I realized that I'm running a blog and I'm posting I'm posting updates to all my friends and it started from from that point uh, obviously um, that was that was a that, that was also a tutorial for my face for my face first book uh, I just put all of these tutorials together and I published that book that was only an ebook uh, I later got published on a, with a paperback a version of my book but that was only an ebook back then um, but I stuck with blogging and I've been doing you know, I, I, I was doing that for seven years uh, obviously I switched to news and I covered uh, everything Apple related and then when things got a little bit bigger um, even tech related things um, so Apple Block was was yeah the name of the blog was Apple Block. <laughs> um, the that was as you said one of the most popular blog technology blog in Poland definitely the most popular blog about Apple in Poland. We I think in a top uh, period of time I had fifty five thousand uh, unique visitors a month. Um, you know in Poland when where Apple was was started that was starting was that was really impressive. Um, during that time, uh, I published published my book and a couple other editions of it. Uh, I run a video and audio podcasts. I appeared in different television shows and so on. But um, ever since, I moved to entrepreneurship. And to be honest, I don't really follow Apple that much. Uh, I think I from a I, I am still a power user of that of that system, but I no longer engage in in, in news about Apple. Um, so I don't know if I can really comment on, on what's happening with Apple right now. Um, I'm, I really like Microsoft now, like with the new CEO, <laughs> uh, with a new CEO, I really like what they do. Like they open source this and they did that. Like, I really like the news that, that's, uh, that is coming. I think, I, I think that's really interesting, Pavel, that you always are a little bit ahead and it's such an unusual <laughs> thing to, I don't think I ever heard anyone ever say, I really like Microsoft. <laughs> you know, you know, Richard, that's the second person I've heard say, and it was another, I can't remember who it was, but. I think Microsoft now is is starting to fight back on the innovation front with their new CEO. Pavel, what specifically do you like about Microsoft? Uh, well, definitely. Uh, so the, the the couple of things. Uh, first of all, they um, that is like you know I'm not following that topic so close, but 
uh, from the news that I heard, they open source the the main uh, programming language, which is awesome because this can only you know not only they're contributing to the programming uh, community, but they are also uh, they will also get a lot of um, good people working on that language. So hopefully, it will be uh, it will be easier for uh, developers to use it. Uh, I think the second thing was that they will be giving away or it will be very cheap. I think it was giving away uh, Windows, like the platform that uh, developers can build on top of. Uh, I think they they recently integrated or they started doing Apple things when it comes to operating systems on mobile and computers. They integrated them, you know, the hack out, out of them and um, that's that, that should really place nicely because, um, you know, if history is any indication, uh, Apple did a tremendous job tying people to the uh, ecosystem and I think that Microsoft has you know, has now a chance to, to do the same with, you know, they, they bought Nokia, um, they, they have a, a huge experience in mobile platforms, uh, Windows Phone maybe is not the most popular uh, mobile uh, operating system in the world, but it's definitely an interesting one and um, they can, you know, by owning Windows on, on PCs, they can now um, implement the uh, or, or integrate it better with, with mobile version. We, yeah. we, we have to see about the free Windows 10, because I also read this, but then I saw a little star and said for the first year, and Microsoft, <laughs> Microsoft are quite good at they give tons of free stuff to startups, and startups yeah. get totally hooked on you know very inefficient use. Everyone has Excel when only one person needs it. Everyone has an office, and then yeah. suddenly after a year, the invoices start rolling in. So, <laughs> no, I, but I, I do agree with you that open sourcing is is radical because open source can't only be for a year. You can't you can't open source things for one year and then pull back. So, yeah. I, 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 and, but it, I, I like hearing things for the first time, and you know it's, it's the second time this month I've heard positive things. It's the first time I've heard anyone in Krakow say they, <laughs> they like Microsoft. So that's that's new and radical, and we move <laughs> Apple off the agenda and Microsoft on. In that case, yeah. well, well Pava, you got off of. I guess you got off the Apple bandwagon just in time. If if Microsoft is making another another run at it, so yeah, I have to register the Microsoft blog domain then. <laughs> Microsoftblog.pl. Maybe that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, well Pava, with such a popular blog in uh, in Apple, um, you, you obviously decided to switch directions and and leverage. Uh, some of the lessons that you learned in that. What what was the decision like to to move out of that blog? Uh, and you know, why did you move, and what did you do next? Sure. Um, so the the interesting things that in, I think happening around 2010. Um, I think it was the year when iPhone was introduced, or maybe it was 2011 or nine. I don't remember, but during that that period. I was very advanced in blogging. Uh, we, I, I always say we, like now with running companies for several years with my co-founders, I tend to say we, but I was running that blog purely on my own. So I have to, I have to remind myself that. Uh, so I was very advanced in, um, in Apple blog and people started to ask me, um, Hey, do you maybe know a developer or two that we can hire to run this OSX project? Or do you know mobile developers because there is this new thing called iPhone and App Store is coming up? And maybe you know the developers and, you know, do you, do you, do you? And uh, one day I thought, well, maybe I just hire a developer and I'll be the, uh, I'll be the, the default answer to that question. So, so I did. Um, before that, it was very, very early in the Objective-C and the whole App Store. Uh, ecosystem. I think I hired uh, I hired my first developer when App Store was a couple months old. Uh, obviously, there were no uh, there were no experienced developers around 
developing for iPhone. So I just hired a very talented developer and I gave him three books and said, like, you have two months, learn that stuff. Um, and so, so he did. I, I was able to do that because I used to be a software developer. I have a, um, I have rather high level uh, knowledge about development or, or software development uh, in general. So I was able to judge his talent um, fairly uh, good, I think so. But uh, he learned. Uh, we, we wrote a couple, um, couple different tools. Uh, we got first clients and it just took off from that point, I think, uh, at the top top point when my blogging and my company were still overlapping, I had uh, five or four developers and one project manager um, except me. So we were six people and at that point I just I just started to think that maybe I should quit blogging and focus on, on this company uh, more uh, and that's what happened. And, and how were you making money in the years where you had the blog before you did this? Because obviously, I guess you needed to eat, and you must you must yeah. be doing something that people paid you for, or were you very privately wealthy? And I know the answer; you, you weren't. But like, what what did you live off until then? Thanks, Richard. Um, yeah, I, I used I used to. What, no, I was running a blog. Uh, we I had advertisers, so uh, I think uh, I was I was doing fairly well uh, when I. You know, when I go back in, in, in time to this period of time in my life, I was doing fairly well. Um, and I also published my book, which then I later converted into a paperback and I was selling that. I, I still am. So that book was a nice source of income for me as well. Okay, we were discussing just before we went on the on the podcast how you can monetize a blog, and obviously you started with an audience, and then you you figured out things you could sell to your audience because they were asking you for it, which is Definitely. which is maybe not the best business lesson because if you start with customers before you have a product, it's brilliant, but it's not always <laughs> it's not always possible, right? Yeah, fairly fairly hard to do. Well, pa- Pavel, just from an outsider looking looking at this, if if you started your iOS development business because of your blog, uh, people who knew you from your blog, um, did you sell the blog or did you just decide to shut it down? Uh, yeah, that was a tough decision, and um, I cut. I had couple acquisition offers, but uh, just to remind you, that was 2012 in Poland, and the blogging was well. We were all new and. In, in that um, with that concept and you know the acquisition offers were fairly low so I didn't took any of them I didn't take any of them uh, what I did is I, I shut it down I wrote last post and I said like guys this has been amazing um, thanks for all the support now I'm moving to do this and this and I do um, from time to time I think once a year or something I do some kind of an appearance in that scene again so I either do a, a video or an audio podcast with, with some guys that are running a podcast about Apple, or I wrote, I write on a guest guest post post on other people's blog, but um, that chapter is you know pretty much closed for me right now. So is the blog down? No, it, it is still up. It still has fifteen thousand unique unique visitors a month, uh, which is amazing because it's hundred percent from Google from search. Uh, even even me, I you know my my father bought a Microsoft Office subscription uh, a couple couple weeks ago and. He said, "Like I have a, like uh, all the words are underlined, and there is no Polish dictionary." So I started googling, and um, I found my blog as a as a first um, first result in Google. So obviously, I clicked on it. I read all about it. I fixed the problem with my father's computer, and you know, I pat myself on the back. 
Good job, good job, past Pavel. <laughs> well, you know, Pavel, that's a pretty interesting thing. So you you transition from developing an audience to serving clients in the same business. What what is your current business right now, uh, and um, you know how's how's that going for you? Sure. Um, so that company I talked about was a uh, outsourcing IT outsourcing company. We started with Polish clients, and we were doing mobile and uh, mobile for iOS. What I do now is fairly different. I moved through a couple different stages and a couple different companies um, during that period. But uh, now I just started um, three or four months ago a, a new company uh, called Contelio. Uh, and what we do at Contelio is we help marketers better use the content um, for content marketing needs. Um, so and. You know that that company and that idea came out of Presspad, my previous company, uh, which I used to run for four years, and we were doing a lot of content there, and we learned a lot of uh, a lot of you know things that can be improved in that area. You need you need to change your T-shirt on your Skype ID because it says Presspad still, <laughs> uh, and actually I, so it, we don't we don't hang out enough. I didn't realize you had formally stopped running Presspad, so that's that's over, or it's just you're doing two things at once. Um, you know, right now, you know, my, I, I will leave that uh, I will leave that picture on because officially I'm still the CEO. We're doing that transition right now, uh, where um, all the shareholders already agreed, and we we communicated that change internally to 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 our team members. Uh, I'm I'm pretty comfortable talking about it because I know you will release this podcast, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks time, and that will be uh, obviously official then. Um, but uh, yeah, in my in you know in in my time, I switched from uh, Presspad to Contelio right now, and uh, me and my co-founder we just hired first person, and we're running that company uh, like crazy. Okay, so like, I, I can I can let you into a secret. You're live on air on a Google Hangout. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're that, we're, we're going to rush this episode to press. So that yeah, we can... yeah we're, you, we're now under time pressure. No, that's obviously a British joke. Not every, if, if you listen to this show regularly, you'll realize that I have jokes that I think are funny and no one else loves. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're, we're laughing now for you, Richard. Thank so. you. Well, that's a, yeah, but it's a bit artificial, right? <laughs> Well, we're yeah, laughing at you, not with you. So. Well, I've, been, I've been around Richard for quite some time, so I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, a familiar scene. So, 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 well, that's good. Good to know you've got a new venture. And um, another thing we want, as, as you know, we're both involved in this this collab venture in, in different capacities. And co uh, maybe you can describe describe collab and what motivated you get involved in that. Um, sure, definitely. So, collab is a co working space in Krakow. Um, we we started a little bit over two years ago, I think. Uh, we took over a co-working space that was already set up, so we we bought it from from the previous owners and um, and run it on our own. Um, what what pushed us to this decision is um, before we so much. When I say we, is obviously you, Richard, and myself, and a couple other entrepreneurs and investors from Krakow, because I think the board of of Collab has like nine people. It's um, it's more community work than commercial work for us right now. Um, we're trying to um, give back to the community as much as possible, and I, we think that running a Collab, running a co-working space, will really help uh, us in in achieving that goal. Um, and because we don't have much, uh, because we don't have much uh, commercial um, agenda for Collab. 
we are able to do things that others are not. And um, this is what we do. We we are we just moved, I think, half a year ago to a new place at Zabłocze. This is old uh, industrial district in Krakow, where every hot startup is moving right now. Uh, we really like the place. We we're trying to run collab as lean as possible. Uh, but we, as of I think last week, we are 100% um, occupied. So we will be we will be uh, getting new space pretty soon, and hopefully uh, we'll be we'll be able to fill that space uh, with interesting people. Well, as well. So, so we're 100% occupied. That means I might get a dividend soon. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about it uh, after the podcast, Richard. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm quite as, as, as regular listeners will know. I'm quite old school, which means I, I'm really into making money and paying dividends. <laughs> I, unfortunately, I, I don't think in any of the ventures Pavel and I have done together, we've really reached that stage, right? <laughs> oh well, it's been only a couple a couple of years. Give it some time, Richard. <laughs> okay, thank you, thank, thank you for that word of encouragement. Well, well pa- Pavel, that, that brings up a really interesting point that I, I'd like to to bring up with, with you and, and Richard to talk about is uh, Colab is, is this co-working space movement. And I, I've always been uh, anti-office in, in many ways. And, and my background in the army was I hated the office because it wasn't out doing what I thought was substantial things. And, and obviously, um, you know, being a staff officer in the army wasn't great to be in the office and tapping away at the computer. Uh, but I've, you know, I spent 11 months before I moved to Poland traveling around the world, working out of coffee shops. And as fun as that was to be in di- different locations around the world, it was actually kind of depressing to be there in a cool spot and working in a coffee shop. And when I moved to Krakow, I, I decided to go to co-working space myself. And I'm at Hubrom, which which you have a couple of companies in there also. Sure. And I'm really enjoying it. And I don't, uh, if, you know, one of the things that there's this work at home movement where people think it's really great to work at home. I personally can't do anything at home. And I found that the co-working space is, is just a really good uh, place to have reliable internet, um, but also have that social element of being with other people who are doing the same thing, which is striving in an entrepreneurial sense. And then also um, just, you know, the, the overall energy of the place is really interesting. So I uh, talk a little bit about that movement and, and how it's developing here in Krakow because I think that's going to be interesting to watch. Definitely. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm against working at home either. I, I, you know, um, too, I, I started when I, when I blogged, uh, when I was blogging, I, I used to work from home and you know, that really gets old quite quick. So, um, I think I, uh, in my second or third year, I already had an office and I was going, I was going to the office, sitting on my own and working on my blog. Uh, and people were asking why I'm doing that. And these, the simple answer is I can't really get any work done at home because there are so many distractions. Um, now, you know, I'm, I'm 10 years later and I get way more distractions. Distraction, distractions. You probably hear my son in the background somewhere uh, playing in another room. So office is a great thing if you, have, if you have people. Co-working is a great thing if people are starting. You ask about the, the entrepreneurial movement and the... I think I assume that the question is about startup community, which I'm really engaged in, and I try to support here in Krakow. So um, I got to talk about this a couple of weeks ago with a guy from London who was doing his thesis on on a startup community, and I think we we come to a very interesting conclusion that um, startup community here in Krakow it was always very Krakow was always very entrepreneurial place. 
uh, and people were starting businesses here, they just weren't exchanging knowledge. And what happened is a couple of years back, a couple of guys from Krakow and general Poland uh, went to states and they and the and especially they went to Silicon Valley. Uh, I mean Piotr Willam and and a couple other guys, and they just got hooked on uh, how people interact in the valley and how open they are and how they um, open and helpful they try to be to each other and how uh, beneficial that is uh, for everyone involved. Um, so um, that group of people, they, they came back. Um, they, all, they all went on their own. So that wasn't an organized trip. They all went, uh, they all went back and um, they just stayed in that mindset where you try to you know, pay it forward. You, you try to give back before you, you give something away. And um, before that started, uh, it really landed on a very, um, very good ground here in Krakow. Uh, I don't know if you, if you realize, but you know, Krakow, when, when you think about Europe in general, uh, including Russia and, and all, the, all the Eastern countries, uh, for centuries, Krakow was in the middle of Europe and, um, and the, all the trade paths were crossing here in Krakow. This is why we have a big square market in the middle of the center of, of uh, of our city. So we always had a lot of um, people from around the world, different cultures, different ideas. Uh, so now what happened is a um, couple guys came back with this pay it forward, um, um, pay it forward way of dealing with, um, with the problems and the opportunities. It landed on a very good ground um, of people that are open to new ideas and uh, can you know, try to learn from, from each other. Uh, and it just somehow magically started to um, you know appear as a as a community and then uh, I think two or three years later uh, we we really we really started to do things uh, the, the silicon valley way i'll say yeah and i'd i'd, I'd, I'd come in there i'd say that in a way it was a kind of log jam because one of the features of communist societies was a breakdown of social trust in many different ways and so it wasn't just in Poland, but in Poland there was this slogan, I won't say it in Polish because people won't understand, but you should never trust anyone. And and like there was this like antitrust culture, which is quite unnatural. And so in a way, when people came back with this Silicon Valley mindset, actually it was something that people were hungry for, even if they didn't realize. And it was a huge contrast between the younger generation of people who wanted to be modern and the older generation who were somehow, to some extent, completely wrecked by communism of course not everyone and Piotr Willems he's an older guy I think he's in his mid-50s now but also all the people may not realize he's the founder of the Polish equivalent of Google Onet one or maybe more like Yahoo and, yeah, yeah. And, and something a bit like Amazon so he's on the Polish rich list and you know for people who've made it to just feel that being uh being socially corporately social responsible isn't just about isn't just about you know giving mon money to the church or to a museum or or to a children's home, but actually to put rocket fuel into the entrepreneurship community. It, it was very very positive, and there were a lot of people who were waiting for that. I think I think it was ready, but it was also a contrast to history, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, like Piotr is one of the guys, uh, definitely, and um, maybe that was a maybe that was still behind our heads, even for the younger generations. That you know, people always. My parents always say, like, you know, you you gotta trust, uh, you gotta you, you gotta you know think for yourself and and only trust yourself because other people may screw you over and somehow 
um, somehow over time uh, when I was exposed to this to this you know Silicon Valley thing and and all these people that were thinking that way, um, it turns out that you know I can trust them and they trust me and we as a as a group as a community uh, we can trust each other and um, I haven't really um, you know it, the the community hasn't let me down since then yet so I guess it's working. Well, Pavel, this is really interesting because I'm I'm very new to Krakow. I've been here at the time of this recording six months in uh, February of 2015. And one of the things that, uh, first of all, I'd never even considered going to Poland myself as a destination. I was traveling around the world and had spent a lot of time in Australia and Asia. And then a friend of mine invited me to Budapest, and I thought that was a nice city, but for some reason it didn't click with me. And one of the things I noticed when I, I met a, um, a girl from Poland and she said, oh, you should come check out Poland. I went to Warsaw and, and ended up, she told me about Krakow and I, I decided to come down here and I just fell in love with the city. The Market Square you mentioned, I think is the best kept secret in Europe in terms of a, just a great area to hang out in. And uh, then I just, I heard all these great things about the startup community here and one of the the guys that I was staying with on Airbnb lived in that old industrial district. And he said, you know, this is the top, one of the top 10 outsourcing destinations in the world for tech town. And I don't know which magazine said that, but I believed him. And uh, when I decided to move back here and set up shop, um, one of the first things I did was uh, listen to a friend of mine, an American who'd heard about the Google startup for entrepreneurship meetup. And that's where I met Richard. And then Richard's been a, a great uh, help to me uh, in just in terms of networking in the community. And just from an outsider looking in, I've been very impressed with the level of trust among young, young entrepreneurs and business people in Poland in general. And I grew up in the New York City startup environment. And I'm not f familiar with the Silicon Valley one, but I do know it's a pretty harsh uh, community. Although they do help each other, it's, it's also very um, uh, you know, tough. Um, so I, I'm just very impressed by the, the startup community and just traveling around Poland. It's much better for startups here, I think, than Warsaw, which is more corporate. And then I was in Wroclaw and it, it would also, you know, they were looking at Krakow as kind of this leader in entrepreneurship. So it's interesting to hear a little bit of the backstory here on that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, you said that, you know, you, you, you compared it to New York and and uh, I draw a comparison to, to Silicon Valley. I think what happened here in Krakow is, you know, I'm not 100% sure maybe people that study that movement more uh, will be able to have a you know, more educated um, guess about it. But I think we took what was the best out of the, the Silicon Valley spirit or community and then add a, you know, the, the, the secret sauce, let's call it. Um, yeah. Things evolve over time. I mean, there was a, a, a guy who tried setting up IT of Krakowia, Pavel Kwaszczyk, and that didn't work when I, 10 years, 15 years ago, I tried to do first Tuesday meetings. That didn't work. But the, um, uh, there's a, a girl we both know called Ella Made who set up a company called Applicate, which was the first cool international style uh, outsourcing for Ruby on Rails house and a guy, her and a guy called Piet Ninjinsky set up the Hive movement, which was a kind of networking thing. Hive led to Open Coffee, which I was hosting in Google for Entrepreneurs with Marta Rilke. And I, I think there's definitely a right time for it. You know, there's a, a time at which, at which things 
fall into place. But, you know, I, I'm a, often as a British person, I've been in Poland here in February 2014 for more than 24 years. And I, I often think that when Poles look west, they look straight to America. They ignore, <laughs> they ignore, ignore Western Europe. They ignore. And, uh, but Alan Made, who I was mentioning, who founded Hive, and this very and led her her venture led to base, which base is one one of the world's leading mobile CRM platforms. Uh, they started CRM on the iPhone with mobile first. Um, she had a relationship with Mike Mike Butcher from TechCrunch, and one of the things they did was to bring in bring in people like John John Biggs and Mike Butcher from TechCrunch Europe and TechCrunch in the United States, giving Krakow this like spotlight of attention. And so there's this sort of nice coincidence that you you have Google here. Google as a brand is just amazing. People will show up to an event in Google. They won't show up to, because like they say, how can you go to an event in Google? It's a building. It's a, I thought it's a web page. And then, so you, you get like, the there's attention. something there. You get the attention. And the, the, I, if we mention everyone, it gets too long, but there's, there was yeah. certainly this like happy coincidence of major international corporations, major international media, plus uh, particular individuals who are ready to go a bit further than just looking after themselves. And somehow it all came together, didn't it? Uh, yeah, definitely. A very, very uh, happy coincidence, but uh, all worked out so far. Well, well, Pavel, this this brings brings us to another point I'd like to explore with you on a on a broader, I think, cultural uh, historical trend. When I was in New York City, I, I ran into uh, plenty of Polish people, and looking back in America, I had many more Polish heritage friends than I thought I did looking at all the different lame, lames like Novak and things that uh, people that I, I grew up with. And, and now that I'm in Poland, it was well known for great tech outsourcing. I mean, I think the design work in, in websites in Poland, the designers I have here are actually better than any I've ever dealt with in the world. Uh, programmers are amazing. Um, but we're, you're going from a, a workshop type mentality to make a bunch of money for multinational corporations uh, to a startup community where there's real opportunities and upside and wage opportunities for polls. And polls are known in, in the UK and in America for being a very adventuresome, going all over the world uh, to look for great work because they're so well-educated and so talented. Um, but is that brain drain or, or the, the migration flow going to start to reverse? And I think you have a little bit of experience with that. Uh, yeah, sure. So, um well, first of all, for all the polls out there, uh, thank you for these kind words. <laughs> um, and second of all, um, you know, it's, it used to be it used to be a a um, outsourcing center, uh, especially here in Krakow. We still have a lot of international and even local uh, outsourcing companies, and we do work for for all the people outside. But I think what happens is, um, I think what happened is. Uh, during the time the startup community started to evolve, um, some people um, really got tired of working for someone else and seeing uh, other people's success. Um, and they thought, like, maybe we can build a product on our own and uh, use all the experience we had or we gathered throughout the years. Um, so I think this is this what happened. Uh, what you said about migration and, and talent uh, moving, you know, outside of Poland and uh, if or when, and they're gonna come back. Um, you know, when I talk with my with my with my with my co-founders and uh, and friends uh, friends who work here in Krakow, uh, they really like the city. Uh, we are really proud of the people here. Uh, we have a couple of great universities and uh, colleges and other schools. 
uh, here in Krakow. So we, we have an incredible environment to really grow a international an international business um, from Krakow. And I think what happens is um, some people still think that they have to go to states to do so. Some people try to do something in, in between and some people just say, uh, we don't care, we're going to grow that business from Krakow. Um, I really like the last group, uh, but I'm really supporting all of them because uh, it's a great for, for Krakow um, and Poland uh, in w- one way or another. Uh, when it comes to talent, um, well, a lot of people moved. Uh, I have to say, like, you know, I, I personally, I haven't lost any friends over the past 10 years because they haven't moved, but I got a couple... Um, uh, I, I knew a couple of people that that went to Berlin or London or, or states, and they they still working there. Um, but they all think about coming back. They see what's happening in Krakow. They really like what they what they think. They are following the news about the the community here. And uh, I already saw a couple of people moving back uh, to start working for uh, working for or setting up a company here in Krakow. Um, so you know. I, it's like with business. I shouldn't really build products for myself because I'm not a good representative of my clients. Uh, so I don't think really um, I have enough um, view on that subject to have a general opinion. But uh, I hope people will um, will consider staying um, here and will treat that as an option equal to moving to London or, or States or any other place in the world. Uh, and I think we have a great set of um, great set of tools here to to help them do that. I think I can be objective because I, I, I'm not completely objective, but I, I've come here from a foreign country, and, and one point I make is that this is the first generation in in the history of the world where where you are is almost thanks to the internet become detached from where you are from a business point of view. And yeah. you know, I remember somebody said, well, what's it like having a Polish business? This was a previous company I was running. And, you know, we had guys from Macedonia working on a project, helping helping a Brazilian company buy mining research mining machinery in, in the former Soviet Union. And like it was a British American owned company that happened to be happened to be registered in Poland, but, you know, it, it was almost irrelevant. And I think that, you know, for example, some of the money I made here in, I made here in, in Poland, I invested in a company in London. Some of the money I made here in Poland, I lost in investments in the United States, <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's almost like, where am I? Where is my money? What am I doing? Obviously, you need to have a center of gravity. And the great thing about Krakow is that if you, if you get your business right, it's a very attractive place to be, to be while you're doing your business. But I, I think business has like moved away from being geographically geographically rooted so so to some extent a, a polish guy making tens of thousands of pounds a month in london is it's only two and a half hours to get from london to krakow it, it takes longer to get to some cities in poland than, <laughs> yeah. uh, than, than from london to krakow so so i, I to some extent i think the, the 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 death of distance is quite important thanks to the european union and the lack of visas we, with, at least within Europe, it's all very straightforward. Of course, uh, we would like it to be different, but I don't think this is probably the environment to talk about American visa policy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I got a visa, so I don't care. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, um, now that I am in Poland, very sympathetic to the the local cause here. Um, just seeing all of the uh, loyalty that Poland has showed the United States on the world stage. Um, uh, to the point where getting in trouble with other European neighbors for helping us out on different ventures that the United States had. It's amazing to me that we don't have a better 
a visa policy towards uh, the Poles. Um, but yeah, that is a whole other discussion. Yeah, I think that's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to bring your brother on for that one, Richard. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I'll certainly, certainly. I know, I know what he thinks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Pavel, let's. Um, you know, this has been a very interesting uh, discussion. Um, and and just before we we bring it home here, uh, who've been your biggest mentors in in your business journey, and, and more importantly. Uh, it seems like you, you know the best is is ahead of you in terms of uh, some of the ventures that you're starting right now. So, what do you hope to accomplish uh, going forward? And um, you know, who are you relying for to advise you going into that? Sure. Um, so there are a couple of a couple of people. Richard being one of them. I'm very grateful to to know him for so many years right now and and becoming a friend. Um, I definitely would name uh, Jakub Kshech. He, the CEO of ST Mode right now. We know each other for a couple of years now. We we also co-founded a couple of companies and um, and I just look at him and the amazing job he's doing right now. And uh, you know we spent uh, endless hours talking about his experience with past company and with his previous company. And I just I just see myself you know doing the same steps as he did a couple of years ago. Um, so. Right now, I would say I'm in a place where I got a lot of experience of uh, how to start a company and get it to a certain level. I don't have much experience when it comes to growing that company to um, millions of, of dollars in revenue. But I think that with the experience I already got, that I'm able to eliminate a lot of prob- a lot of mistakes and a lot of problems that that we that I used to have used to have in in different ventures. So to um, with the company that we just started, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit afraid to say that out loud, you know, not to jinx it, but uh, we, we were able to, to almost completely eliminate all the mistakes that we did with Trespad and, and Santa Kingdom and all the other companies that I co-founded. And so far, so good. Um, so I hope that with this company, I'll be able to get myself in, um, you know, people in the States say they always chase, you know, they want to bring words and they want to change the world and they want to build a billion dollar company. Uh, we Poles, we don't really have uh, balls, you know, in that shape, I'll say. Uh, we have balls as big as, as the guys in America, but they are a different shape. And uh, <laughs> a, I, I love hearing things for the first time, Pavel, and I have to say that's the first time I've ever met anyone in Poland who ever said that. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll write that one down. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, yeah, okay. Let's, you you, let's, you, let's, you own the domain. <laughs> <laughs> I'd register that now, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pol- Polish-shaped balls. How so all my be, balls are a different shape than those. That would be a great uh, t-shirt, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, I, I would say polls are not nearly as grandiose as Americans in their statements, but I think what they deliver is certainly of equal value, so. Yeah, this is what I'm trying to do. This is what I'm trying to do. I, you know, before we started that recording, I told you that you said that you know we're gonna end the recording whenever you run out of topics, and I said that I have a tattoo on my forearm that says "less talking, more action," and I think that really sums up what I'm trying to achieve with uh, in my life. Is I'm trying to focus very much and um, get stuff done, and hopefully with this company, I'll be able to uh, get it to a fairly big state for me fairly big state is you know around 100 million dollars in uh, in revenue uh, per year and this is my goal 
And I, my family motto is not unique to my family, is Essi Kvam Vidiri, which means to be is better than to seem. And I sometimes <laughs> think that America, I'm, I'm very pro-American for a European. I think that one of the big differences between Poland and the United Kingdom, where I'm from, is that in 1945, there were Soviet troops in Poland and there were American troops in the United Kingdom. And I think, I think the UK came out a little bit better than Poland on that one. So, <laughs> uh, and, but the, but the other thing is, I, I thanks for saying that I'm a, a mentor for me. Part of, part of life is trying to, uh, moving beyond competitiveness, just thinking, how can I keep up with all these people around me? But partnering with people who've got skills and who are good at doing stuff that I'm not good at doing and trying to share ideas and inspiration. And Jakob, you mentioned Jakob Kshik, my business partner in Estimote. And if anyone listening hasn't heard of it, Polish surnames are quite hard to spell and pronounce, but Kshik is K-R-Z-Y-C-H. Google him because he's part of this group, rather like Elamade from, from Applicate, who just present, an Im- as do you, Pavel, an image of Poland for which you know, traditional stereotypes do not apply because these are guys who are smarter than the average person you speak. They speak way better English than the average English or American. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and Pavel has that. Not, I was going to say Pavel. What I meant was Jakob has this ability to like think one step ahead of the interviewer. So he is not at all surprising for me. He was able to raise a lot of money after his time in Y, y Combinator and in terms of someone who doesn't just talk about with great ideas, but as you said, stops just talking and does doing it, yeah. it is extremely compelling. And, and in terms of any um, any big lessons to learn that other people, if people wanted to remember you for three things that they should take away after listening to this podcast that they could benefit from to put into their lives, what would those be? Uh, great, great question. So I think the um, the first thing is I learn a lot of things, but they don't don't really go deep on any of them. This is one of the things that uh, you know you, you haven't asked me about that, but I don't have a formal degree. I started uh, I started six different universities, and I haven't really finished any of them. So uh, have you started more companies or or uh, degrees? Which one? Uh, well, as of as of uh, half a year, uh, I started more companies than degrees, <laughs> but it has been the other way around for quite some time. Um, so uh, w- one thing that I really that I'm really satisfied with, um, you know, with with my life so far is that I really know how to do many different things, and I pride you know myself on being um, on, on learning new things. And I try to learn new thing, uh, new, new thing every day. And um, a lot of people, like if you're a software developer, then definitely you have to focus on one thing and get really good at that one thing. But if you're trying to be an entrepreneur, then this is something that I, you know, can't really recommend enough: is to learn uh, a little bit of everything. Um, I know it's a, it's contrary to popular, um, popular, you know, the, the way that universities. Um, direct people that this is something I would recommend. Uh, the second thing is uh, we don't really work in a vacuum, so get a co-founder or get a partner in one way or another, someone that will support you and uh, that will uh, that you can bounce ideas off of. Um, um, I think at one point <clears throat> I had like 21 co-founders in my, in my companies uh, and you know, I... <laughs> I look. My, my father is an entrepreneur. He used to run. Well, he's he's still running uh, his company on his own. And I just see uh, what's the limit of that, and why he can't really grow uh, beyond certain point. Is that because 
it's his only one person and person and just having two people it does not only multiply your brain power by two but it can only multiply your opportunities by four uh, and it just goes this way um and what's the third thing um well i have it tattooed on my arm less talking more action <laughs> and, and pavel uh, this is a question that we like to ask is uh what are you reading right now uh yeah good question um so I try to force myself to read a little bit of non-industry uh, books, but I really fail. I'm really failing at that. So right now I, I finished The Hard Thing About Hard Things. Um, the, this is the book by Ben Horowitz uh, of uh, Andreessen Horowitz Ventures. And I tried to, book, uh, I tried to read a book about uh, parenting, but I, really, you know, I was able to read only one chapter. Um, so I, I, I'm not even going to mention that. Uh, but that was a nice chapter. Uh, and then I'm starting mastering the VC game, uh, something that a friend recommended to me recently. And, uh, you know, I got some experience with, with working with VCs. Uh, now with Contelio, we are moving in a little bit different direction than, than before. And I think I have, um, I, I have to uh, get, get, you know, a little bit of uh, pro advice and starting with a book is a good idea. There's one question I meant to ask earlier, which is probably out of order, but I, I think it's very interesting that um, a lot of people, when they're thinking about startups, they're thinking about product and they're thinking about product market fit and how they can how they can come up with the thing that they can make money out of. But I, I'm also interested in your insight into process and like if you and I think a lot of people in the startup community don't understand the experience of running an organization with a few people in. And are there any things that tips you could share about the process of running a business in terms of uh, things that maybe people don't realize when they're starting down the road that are important to know? Because I, I know you've got insights into that and I think you should share them. Um, sure. So uh, I, I remember when we first met Richard or you know, when we set up a first company, I think you, you were talking about uh, process a lot. And I used to think like, let's not deal with this stuff right now. We're going to figure that later, figure out that later. And now that I'm 30 and I'm at my seventh venture, uh, you should see me, you should see me going about process really. Like uh, literally my co-founder recently said, can we deal with that later? And I said, no, we have to deal with that right now. Um, so this is one of the things uh, that for me, um, like, you know, there's, there are a couple of things when it comes to setting up company and um, and dealing with uh, with legal stuff and so on. But this is really boring. What I find interesting is that uh, everything is a process. And um, I turned to um, I started to write things down, and uh, we review every single process in the company that we work on on a weekly basis right now this is a very young company so once a week we look back at what we've done and we try to fix or tune that process a little bit um and that is you know that was that's really surprising for me how that really worked out because i didn't thought that this will have so much influence on our day-to-day -day, uh, business just by looking back at what we've done and fixing one small thing uh, that you know we wouldn't otherwise notice. Yeah, so I hope that answers your questions. <laughs> question. well, I, I didn't know what you were going to say actually, but process is one. But the the other thing that I think is really hard to figure out is to do with people because 
uh, actually how to work with people so that they're motivated and happy and productive and bringing the le- bringing the best out of them. I think a lot of entrepreneurs at some level have a certain level of natural leadership, but leadership is something that can be learned and figuring out how to work with people so that they're motivated and happy. And you can have all the processes in the world, but if the people yeah. the people in your organization aren't happy with your processes, you're probably yeah. it's probably like uh, trying to push a ball uphill with your nose or something like that. Right. Uh, you know, I, I'm trying. I'm trying my best. I learned a lot of uh, a lot of these things in 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 my past companies. So hopefully, I'll be able to implement some of the some of the lessons I learned uh, over the years in that company. But we'll just have to wait and see how I did. Well, Pavel, a few quick thoughts on what you just said. Uh, in the army, they used to say uh, amateurs talk strategy and professionals talk logistics. And I think in business, it would be the same thing, which is amateurs talk products or ideas and, and and professionals talk process because uh, you can have all the best ideas in the world. What, what strikes me, especially in the in the Krakow entrepreneur community, is it's it's a very young idealistic community and everyone's buzzing with ideas. Yeah. Uh, but I think the real veteran entrepreneurs know that a great idea is, is much harder to implement and deliver on for the customer uh, than just having that idea. And it's really all about execution and, and systematizing Definitely. things. And, and as Krakow grows, the, the process experts are going to come to the fore to help mentor these young entrepreneurs. Yeah, this is one of the things that, you know, we, we, we have a great uh, pool of talent here in Krakow uh, when it comes to uh, software developers and designers. Uh, what we lack is, you know, business people or uh, experienced executives. And hopefully uh, we will either uh, grow these people, you know, from the people that we already have here or we'll just import them from, from outside. Although, uh, I, although I have to comment that the BPO, BPO stands for Business Process Outsourcing. There are a lot of these big international companies like Capgemini or Alexander Mann Solutions are doing business process outsourcing centers here in Krakow. And um, great as they are for the city and in terms of bringing in extra people and talent and capital, uh, there's also this idea of what I call business sense. It's not common sense, but it's it's like that raw understanding that if you can make something for one and sell it for 10, that's a great business, you know. <laughs> Uh, and it's worth building a process. And sometimes, sometimes people who come from the corporate world, they do, they don't get the guts of the business so much. Sometimes they do. I think sometimes people in the startup community are uh, unnecessarily arrogant, and they they look down on the corporations. Whereas I say, well, you know, you build a five thousand person a year company making five hundred million dollars a year profit, and then I'll then then then, then you criticize, <laughs> then you go criticize because actually these guys are way more successful than I am. So don't criticize the guys who are doing way better than me uh, or you out of jealousy. But but I I, I think the process process is is important and one of the hopefully those business process outsourcing companies may bring in that some that some of that know-how into the city as well put it put it like this if the bpo companies don't understand processes there's something seriously wrong with our world (laughs) (laughs) definitely well maybe some of those executives coming out or some some of those workers coming out out of there will will see that and Start a consulting group for entrepreneurs. That would actually be a great business idea if you listen. Or, or they will quit, uh, quit Capgemini and join a startup somewhere in Krakow, and you know they will, you know they will get their hands dirty. Well, that, that's that's a great talent uh, pool that can be leveraged by the startup community. So, 
Uh, I'll have to go look for a few of those people myself. Although, I mean, sometimes the, there's a kind, there's a big association which has done a very uh, called Aspire here, which is the association of these these international companies, and uh, I, I I know the people who run it, and we make a point that sometimes there's this rivalry between the startup community and the the big companies, but in fact it's kind of symbiotic because you know people in the startup community need security, uh, and people in the in the in the big companies sometimes need inspiration and so the, the fact that if you come to Krakow and your startup doesn't work out and you've got talents you can be pretty sure you can find a job in one of these companies that's a kind of fallback equally a lot of people they can't afford just to quit home and not have a salary while they start their business but if they can hold down a day job a day job as uh, in, in their big company as as Gary Venecek said you know you you come home from your 10 hour a day at work you kiss your dog have your <laughs> supper and you've got from you've got from 10 a.m till 10 p.m till 2 in the morning to work on your startup <laughs> and you know i think i heard him a couple of days ago in his his podcast saying that he's very proud of the fact he's built two 50 million dollar a year revenue organizations in the last three years and that maybe that's part of the part of the secret just to understand that you really have to work yeah yeah definitely Gary is great. <laughs> well, Richard, that was a funny comment you made because I, I hired my first Polish uh, employee, uh, Anya, from from uh, a Google Meetup that that you made, and I said, "Well, you know, you are you are joining a, a young company, and that is a risk." And she was leaving a big company, IBM. She says, "I'm not worried because I can go find a job at a big corporation uh, if if anything doesn't work out." And it's a really, I think, a powerful combination. Uh, that, you know. All, all too often in economics, people view things as a zero-sum game, and, and Krakow has a lot of growing to do, and Poland has a lot of growing to do. Uh, might as well all work together. And also, it's, it's, life's a journey, and you know, for people who are—I mean, I always try to remember that I'm a privileged, well-educated. I went to Cambridge University, which is even against Krakow standards. Cambridge UK views itself quite well. I sort of feel that it, it would be easy to forget that this gives me a sense of security, my my British passport, my my family background. But you know, for some guy from a village in Poland to get to Krakow and work in one of these outsourcing centres, that may be a big step in his journey. From his family's point of view, he's a hero to be working in a shiny a shiny office building. But then when he once he's here, then his next stage of the journey can be coming to uh, uh, they're not Google meetups, they're open coffee cracker, OCKRK.co meetups in 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 now we're no longer in Google for entrepreneurs because uh, Google's uh, spreading its wings to a small city in the north called Warsaw. Um, it happened. But, it happened uh, earlier. Krakow yeah. never got over it. So, <laughs> but, but, we, but we, 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 you know, there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with people doing what's best for them at any given time in their life. And and I, 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 I think there's there's room for everyone in a market economy who's working hard and is trying to make the best decisions for themselves. Just definitely, definitely. Uh, well, yeah. Well, thank, uh, Pavel, I think I think that's been uh, it's been really good to hear your insights and and just uh, hear from someone who's been in the trenches of the the Krakow startup community and, and really seen it uh, take wings in the last few years. And I, I think uh, a lot of people will be uh, inspired by your story and and maybe consider moving here, or if they're here, maybe uh, consider jumping into the startup community with people like yourself at Colab, come to a, an open uh, open coffee meeting, Krakow. Or, just really dip your toes in the water and see what you can get. Um, uh, last question, Pavel, before we go, is uh, we're big on investing in yourself as, as a business professional, whether you're going to a conference or, or taking an online course. What's your next big investment in yourself uh, that you plan on making? 
That's interesting. Um, hmm. Well, I you know conferences and and meetups come to mind, but I try to cut them, uh, cut them uh, away, and and concentrate on the business right now. Um, I think the the most important thing for me right now is uh, to focus on two things. The one is my family, and the, uh, another one is that company, and not to get too many distractions. Um, I know it doesn't sound really like an investment, but it really should pay uh, dividend in you know. In, in a couple months' time, uh, hopefully, um, and you know, I'm I'm a father for for six months now, so I really have a uh, I really have something new here going on, and I have to focus on that as well. So I'll try to balance that, and hopefully, I'll be able to, and I'll treat that as my investment. Well, that's a great point because um, I went through a very strong learning phase in my business career where I bought every course and went to every conference, and I recently just shut all that down, uh, aside from just head down building my business and, and doing networking here in Krakow. And sometimes what you choose not to do uh, is more important than choosing what to do. And I think investing in a family that can give you uh, strength and uh, a little bit of a home base to come home from in business is probably a pretty important investment. Oh yeah, definitely. So, so certainly. And, and, you know, I also, I also think that if, if people want to learn this is again, there's something different about the world now and I'm not sure how, for young people appreciate the, the world. This is the first generation in the history of the world that's had access to all the knowledge in the world uh, at, the, at the touch of a keyboard. And <laughs> there, there was a 13-year-old uh, girl from a village in Pakistan who was a keynote at Davos, not the most recent one, but the year before last, because she came top worldwide in one of the engineering courses on Coursera, one of the online learning platforms. And you know the fact that a a girl from a village in Pakistan, which is an extremely ungirl friendly society, <laughs> could could come top in a, a technical a technical subject. Uh, it, it's very moving, really, and I, I think that if someone wants to learn now, you know, the, the, there's this there's this really great web page called Google, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and you know, I, I, I it's very simple. There's just one box, yeah, right? I, one of the reasons I'm, I'm sitting alongside Sam, who I've got to know over the last few months doing this podcast, is that I've I've been I've been most impressed by the the level of knowledge that other people have been contributing. There are people like uh, Andrew Warner with his uh, with his uh, Mixergy podcast with entrepreneur interviews. Uh, there's people like Johnny Lean Dumas who I interviewed, and, and you. Know, they're, they're not doing exactly what we're doing. There may be a different style. We want to do things in a more European way, but but like but you can see. You know, there's a kind of someone has a good idea, they do it, and like a second later, the whole world has access to that idea. And like, who knows, something good may come out of this podcast for someone who no one, none of us will ever meet, but it will still be the case that knowledge knowledge is spreading, and it, it, there's a kind of acceleration. So, you, I, and you know, in, in terms of parenting, I was happy that uh, Sam was explaining. You know, I, I asked Sam to explain. What, what he was doing my son Dan, to my son Daniel and Daniel said I already know you're doing a podcast <laughs> <laughs> and he asked a very good question why why and do you have any experience you know? <laughs> yeah. oh the insights you gain from children with their uh, unfiltered questions is amazing so. yeah. good great great well Pavel I, I really enjoyed this uh, uh, interaction with it, it's always good to have uh, access to Richard's friends and uh, just enjoy speaking to another one here and and hearing some of the the stories from uh, someone from this this town that I kind of uh, stumbled across in my uh, odyssey like journey across the startup world in, in uh, 
my, my trip around the world when I quit my day job. So uh, how can people find you, Pavel? If, if anyone wants to uh, get more information on how you can help them in, in the marketing uh, standpoint or, or maybe if they just want to contact you and comment on this, how would they get in touch with you? Um, sure. So I think the easiest way would be to find me on, on Twitter and then start from Twitter and go somewhere else. Uh, all the links are on Twitter. My Twitter handler is njet, N-J-E-T. Um, it's very simple. I think you should be able to, to Google me uh, as well. Um, yeah, and just, you know, if, if anyone listening wants to say hi, uh, my email address is at the very top of my Facebook page, so it can't really, you can't really not notice it. Uh, I'm very open in, in that regard, uh, so hopefully I'll be able to.